Fridays are for philanthropy on Ella Talks. My guest today is the co-founder and chairman emeritus of Amigos for Kids, Jorge Plasencia. Welcome to Eva Talks. Thank you, Eva. Thanks for having me. So happy to be here with you and uh, so great to see you and so great to have you in Miami. You know, we missed you all those years you were in Mexico City. I know, and I missed you as well. Although we were able to get together we a few times in Mexico. We were able to Mexico. get together. You know, we were what, able to get together. people don't know, many of the people that know me, maybe from other places, not Miami, really don't know that, you know, we started kind of in the same circles professionally and life brought us together in a very specific moment. We were both very young and you were working with... You were much the, younger than me. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a bit older than you. No, okay. you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. No, you're not. And you were working with Emilio Stefan and Gloria Stefan and I was working at Selecta. I didn't know what I was doing. You obviously had None of us knew what we were doing. <laughs> and we went to all the galas. And you're one of the few people that really knows how much I worked and oh my you God. know what I you know the struggles and the opportunities. But I also uh, I've also been there to see your success and everything that you have done with your career now with you know your company as chairman and CEO of Republica Havas and. It's so exciting. I mean, your office is now, and they're just beautiful. I, I mean, I, I want a job. <laughs> Where do I apply? Is there a LinkedIn? <laughs> we would be honored to have you work here at Republic of Hamas. This is, and, and for those that have worked with me, it has everything that I've always wanted in an office. <laughs> the silence, but the good energy, and, you know, everything is very organized. And it's, it's just beautiful. Thank so, you. Thank you. you know, it, the work that you do, obviously, with the agency is amazing, and uh, all the clients and all the projects that you have done, and you're so creative. Um, but very few people know about Amigos for Kids. Sure. I mean, they go to your events, mm -hmm. uh, but you started this when you were 17. Correct. I was 17 years old. How did it come along? You know, whatever it, um, it's it's something that Amigos for Kids for me is. Um, a very big point of um, pride and um, responsibility. I think all these years, um, you know, I, when I was, uh, I'll take you back to when I was uh, in grade school. I was, I went to as a little boy. My family lived here in Coral Gables, and then when I was eight years old, um, we moved to Miami Beach, um, Venetian Causeway. Before it was as trendy as it is today, right? <laughs> so my parents were avant-garde, right? Because they they bought there back then, and and so I went from going to St. Teresa in Coral Gables School to St. Patrick's on Miami Beach. And St. Patrick's has always been a school that's very involved in community. And there I got, um, I got involved with the service club at the school. And when I was, I think in sixth or seventh grade, they named me the president of the service club. And we would go volunteer at foster homes for children. And one of the places where we'd volunteer often was the Macklemore Children's Center, part of Children's Home Society. And I remember Emma going there as a little boy um, with my classmates and my friends as president of the service club and we'd go for Halloween and we'd go for, you know, the holidays and we'd go, you know, at special occasions, right, to, 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 to volunteer there. And I remember thinking, how is it that these little kids are my same age and they don't have the love and affection that I have at home for mom and dad, right? And I remember right. that. And I remember going to the Linda Ray Children's Center mm -hmm. next door and I remember a little baby whose face was all burnt because the mother had taken a burning iron 
and burnt the child's face. And I remember thinking to myself, this is horrible. I mean, how can this exist in humanity as a kid, right? So I remember thinking the day that I grow up, one day, I, when I grow up, I want to um, start an organization to help these children. Fast forward, um, I started working uh, summer jobs in radio when I was very young. You know, I was, right. I was, uh, I started at 14 um, this summer. I'll tell you that story really right. quick. Right, so what Jorge says that when I grow up, I want to do something. <laughs> that means when he's 14. No, listen, listen. You see, when I say I, when I grow up, I want to do something, that means when I'm 30. But, you know, t taking that out of the equation, no, uh, but listen, you can no, continue. No, but it was, you know, <laughs> what's interesting about it is, you know, I was, um, it was a summer before freshman year of high school, and I was a very rambunctious kid. You know, really? I, I was, I really was, you could ask my, my, you know, the friends of my, my, my friend's parents, you could ask them. I was a really, you know, rambunctious kid. And, um, I think I was in my mom's hair too much that summer. And my dad, um, my dad was a banker at Republic National Bank. He was an executive there and they were sponsoring a radiothon for the National Parkinson Foundation at Radio Mambi, right down the street here on Coral Way. And, uh, my dad said, Hey, we need volunteers to answer the phones. Can you, you know, we'd li I'd like for you to volunteer representing the bank. So I went and did it. And Eva, I remember when I walked into that radio station, I remember the energy, you know, just the fact that you through that microphone, you know, those people talking on the radio were communicating with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And I was so enamored by that, that I remember coming home that day and my brother, who, you know, that's older. I remember coming home and saying, man, I really loved the radio station and my brother, um, was actually at the time he was on Y100 here in Miami because uh, he's an actor and and uh, you know he's he's a writer and he's done a lot of things you know in, in the business over the years and uh, he goes Georgie if you if you liked it so much you should ask for an internship I didn't even know what that was so the next week I had my mom stop off and I asked I got down and I asked for for Mr. Pereira who at the time was leading the station and asked for an internship and I was he looked at me like you know, cross-eyed because he's, I don't think a kid had ever walked in asking for an internship. Well, they gave it to me. And that's what started my journey to here, right? At that, to what I'm doing today. And at that radio station, I grew over the years. I was there for all throughout high school. I would go in the afternoons after school. I'd work um, remotes at car dealers, at supermarket chains. On weekends, I'd drive the van and put up the balloon and the, mu the balloons and the music and all that. And I did that, you know, all throughout high school. I didn't need to work. And my parents always would tell me, you don't need to work. Why do you do this? I was like, because I love what I do, right? And th there, one of the jobs that they gave me to handle was the public service announcements. Mm -hmm. So I would handle the PSAs for the radio stations. And I started volunteering with um, an organization that existed at the time, Hands in Action, you may remember it, and then, which was for children, and then with another organization, with the Children's Home Society. I became a volunteer at Children's Home Society. One day, I, I get a call from um, a dear friend, Jorge Rocco, that they, um, Children's Home Society wanted to start a Hispanic auxiliary. I'm taking you to the, how Amigo started. Wanted to start a Hispanic auxiliary. And would I come to this meeting at the Macklemore Children's Center? And I was 17. And because they knew me as a volunteer, they said, can you come to this meeting? Because, you know, Children's Home Society, as you know, is very embedded in the, in the Caucasian community, in the Jewish community here in South Florida, philanthropy. But we want to start 
creating philanthropy in the Hispanic community. And I said, sure, I'll go to this meeting. And there, there, there was um, the director of Children's Home Society at the time, her name is Dr. Mary Lou Cole. Dr. Cole, um, we had this meeting with her and, um, you know, and, and, you know, we said, yes, we'd love to start a Hispanic auxiliary. So it was four of us that ended up starting what became Amigos of Children's Home Society. So our first name was Amigos of Children's Home Society. That was in 1991. Okay. In 19, in August, of, and then we started. And what we were, we were like a foundation within the Children's Home Society that would raise money within the Hispanic community to help the programs of Children's Home Society, right? And then Hurricane Andrew hit August 24th of 1992. We had just started Amigos of Children's Home Society a year before, and we were already working. Was well, if you can remember back to Children's, to um, Hurricane Andrew, you know, South Florida was devastated. Right. Um, Homestead was devastated. Mm-hmm. Florida, the uh, Florida City, you know, the uh, crossing. I mean, all that area down south was was devastated, and there was so much need from Hispanic families now, and Hispanic kids needed help. So we said, you know what? Now's the time to broaden. You know, yeah, we're formed. Now's the time to broaden this organization and 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 um, right. and continue to support Children's Home Society, but create our own 501c3. And that's how, at the time, the, the original name, as you know, was Amigos Together for Kids. Together for Kids. And why we called it Amigos Together for Kids was, you know, we were our friends, we were Amigos, right? And we were we were we were going to do this for the kids of South Florida, and we were going to help abuse, abandon, neglected, and less fortunate children and uh, families. And um, you know, so after Hurricane Andrew, really is when the organization truly took off. We became a 501c3, and then we started um, helping many other organizations. Uh, and then today, I mean, as you know, now the organization is 26 years old. Of the original group of us, the four of us, um, Jorge Rocco, Gloria Fernandez Ustiniani, Eva, Eva Tamaru, and myself, mm-hmm. they've all continued to support the organization uh, in different ways. Um, but, uh, you know, for different reasons, you know, life just, you know, changes and stuff. They, they, they all moved on from the board. Um, but I have stayed uh, for the most part all these years. Uh, on the board as a volunteer, and uh, you know, the organization has has had it, you know ebbs and flows, right? But I would say that today, you know, it's been a four-star charity, charity navigator, you know, a number of years. Uh, what that means is that it's a fiscally responsible organization. That we, that um, you know, the money that Amigos for Kids receives from grants from the community, from from philanthropists, from whoever, is well, you know, um, invested into the mission of the organization. Um, our board today is extraordinary. Bo- uh, the board chair is somebody who started as a volunteer, and today uh, she's a board chair. That's Nicole Bowles, okay. and she and her family are big supporters. Pedro Capo of El Dorado Furniture, he was the previous board chair. He did a fantastic job, too. Um, you know, we've had so many great people, right? And, and you know, and I have to say that, um, you know, the board is excellent, but without the staff. I mean, that staff... Um, is sensational. I mean, the love and the care that they have for Amigos for Kids, for these families. I mean, these they have personal relationships with the with the, with the kids, with the families, and Amigos. And I'll, you know, as you keep asking me, I'll tell you more. But Amigos does so much every single day for the children and families of of, of this community, and that's what when you talk about people who go to the parties. You know, a lot of people come to the parties, right? And the part and these are our fundraisers, right? We had an. Ex- Beautiful gala, you know, last year for our 25th anniversary, we honored Pitbull and Jackie Pascal. 
We have our um, domino night every year where we get, you know, 15, 1800 people every year at domino night. You know, those are our fundraisers, but it's hard to bring the mission to life at those events, right? right. Because people are there to go and enjoy and have a good time and support time. the organization, right? But I have to tell you, you have, I know that you, you're, you're such a nice person that, uh, you know, you're, you're always grateful to the people that are supportive of the project. Of course. And, um, but I have to say that for me, Amigos for Kids is about your determination and your charisma. You were there, you were writing the emails and <laughs> calling the people and you were showing up. And I think that I know Domino Night as, as the event and I think that I couldn't go many times. But I, it's just ingrained in, in me because because of the work that you do. People follow a good leader and many people start organizations and they don't understand that you have to have, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, of determination, a lot of vision, and, and more than just, I want to help other people. That's just not enough. I mean, creating what you did with Amigos for Kids has been extraordinary. You're an example. I mean, and I love that when, you, you meet Jorge at any place, he can't stay quiet, he can't stay put. I mean, you try to get his attention. I, I have I'm tried. telling you I was a rambunctious kid. I know. <laughs> I, I have tried to do it, and the only thing I haven't used is uh, I have $10 million. Stay here. Uh, and I'm donating it to Amigos. I just don't, I'm donating it to Amigos. But, you know, I think that part of your personality has always been moving and, and connecting with people and getting things done. What has been the biggest satisfaction of all these 26 years? I mean, how many stories, how many kids? Because, yes, we stay in the events and the parties and the programs, but there must be a lot of stories that... I mean, I have others. I you know, yeah, there's countless stories, and I and I hold them all dear, near and dear, right in my heart. Um, you know, I as I think back over the years, um, you know, there's so many kids that come to mind that uh, today are adults. Because think about it, we've been around 26 years. Right. Some of these kids at the time were five, seven, ten years old. Today they're 30, 35, 36, have their own families and their own lives. And when I've run into those who were then kids and today are adults, and I've run into them, you know, at a restaurant, at a mall, at an event, and they say to me, you know what, George, I remember you back then, and I remember how much you cared for us and how much you wanted that's to help beautiful. us. Um, that's the, for me, that's the, that's satisfac satisfac that's the satisfaction that I'll take with me um, the day I pass, right? Because I think... Um, you know, and when you're doing it, it's like everything in life. When you're going through it, when you're going through the motions, you don't realize it, right? Um, you just keep going, right? And I think now, as I look back on life and as I look back on those moments and as I look back on, you know, I remember Amigos runs a very wonderful, successful after-school program uh, for in East Little Havana uh, mm -hmm. every day. And uh, this after-school program is for a very impoverished area of Miami. I always say there's a dichotomy in Miami. Mm -hmm. Miami, you have, you know, we're one of the wealthiest cities in the country, you know, with all the art Basel and fashion and music and, and culinary and all that, you know, and the fancy cars, and the fancy in cars every corner. Right, all of that, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, which is wonderful, right? But at the same time, there's so much need about Miami, you know, we have 
one of the richest zip codes in the country, which is Fisher Island, and one of the poorest zip codes in the country, which is East Little Havana or Liberty City and Overtown. And that's why Amigos for Kids exists, right? We exist to help those families, those children. We exist to um, create awareness of prevention of child abuse. We exist to provide those programs that are so necessary. And if it weren't for organizations like Amigos for Kids, where would these kids go after school? Right. If it weren't for organizations for like Amigos for Kids, how, who would be helping parents become better parents? Uh, who would be raising awareness? So against how does it work? I mean, how do you identify? Do the kids come to you? Yeah. They go through a process? Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of all of the above, right? So we're not um, we're not an abuse hotline. In other words, we do get Amigos does get called. Uh, to report cases of child abuse. And it's very unfortunate, right? But we do get those calls. We 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 um, partner with the state of Florida there and we you know we refer all those states to the Florida abuse hotline because there's an abuse hotline for the whole state of Florida and that's where you call and, and they're the ones that kind of then they they uh, redirect those calls to the local authorities, right? So so and that number for anybody that's hearing us and and knows of a child being abused is 1-800-96-ABUSE, okay? And I implore that you call that number if you know of any child that, that is going through that. Uh, um, but um, so that's that's how it happens on in that way, right? But we, the families and the children that we work with every day, um, are either sent to us by social workers. Uh, they're either part, they're, they either register to become part of programs that we offer um, through grants. You know, we, we partner with the Children's Trust and we have a number of programs for children, for parents, um, for, uh, for the community uh, that people can register for. And all these programs are free, right? Our after school program is free. Uh, obviously, we look for children um, that, uh, for the most part, that, that um, are at risk. You know, what I mean by at risk is either, um, you know, just by, by uh, you know, it, it, that, that they, they shouldn't, you know, no child should be left on the street um, after school, right? right. They, they should have something to do with be it sports or be it after school programs, right? And that's why we feel, and that's why we leaned in about 10 years ago, we leaned into after school programs because in the impoverished community, um, there weren't too many of them. Right. Because, again, those are the communities that don't get sometimes. Because we, we feel we live in an alienated world. I right. mean, we think that when we're going like I, when I go to pick up my niece and nephew from school, private school. Right. Uh, so they have everything. Yeah. And um, right. and you think that everybody lives that way. Right. But that's not the reality. It's not the reality. The parents are not able to pick them up. Many no. times the parents are in very dire circumstances so. because of you know, social norms. Eva, I, Eva, I remember we took, um, we took the kids once. I think it was to the, I'm trying to think, as we were going over the Rickenbacker Causeway we over to keep us game to the Sequarium, right? And I remember that we, uh, the parents and the kids, when they were going over the causeway, they had never seen any of that part of Miami. I can't believe it. They I had mean, never, they didn't even incredible. know, they didn't even know that bridge existed. Okay. What I'm getting at is the, you know, a lot of these families, by the way, are wonderful parents. A lot of them are extraordinary parents. Most of them are extraordinary parents that, that came to this country to give their children a better tomorrow. Right. right. Um, but 
they can't go, they don't go beyond because they can't afford to, you know, the nucleus of the 10, 15 blocks where they live, you know, and there are the schools nearby, the, you know, the corner grocery store, their church is nearby and it's all there. And they, they just don't vent there. They can't venture out. They can't go and see what South Beach looks like or what the Pam is like or, you know, Fairchild Garden or whatever. They, they just, they just can't. So, you know, I think that's the other thing we do at Amigos for Kids is, is have these children and families understand that they live in a country where for these kids, anything is possible. You know, they can become anything. Right. And, and that's what that's a big part of the work that our that, you know, that our that the Amigos for Kids staff does, that the, the program staff, the after school counselors, the, everybody that works at Amigos for Kids, um, you know, led by Rosa Maria Plasencia, the president and CEO, right. who does such a phenomenal job. Um, you know, what they do every day is is extraordinary. And and. Um, you know, it's hard, Eva, unless I take you there and, and, and show you firsthand, it's hard for, for people to comprehend, you know, how deep and how vast the work that Amigos for Kids does in the community. The good news is that those that are part of that world, for example, two years ago, the Children's Trust named Amigos. It's, um, I forget the exact wording of the award, but it was, um, it was the, the affiliate, I mean, the um, nonprofit of the year, right? Okay. For, for the work it does in the community. You know, we partner with, with um, Alberto Carvalho in the school system. You know, we have extraordinary programs with him. We've, you know, we've, we've partnered with Miami-Dade College. I mean, you name it. I mean, it's so many different ways that Amigos is embedded into the fabric of, of South Florida. And I have to say that um, one thing that we're focused on now is twofold. One, I'm very proud of here at Republica Havas, um, that we, um, you know, we handle Amigos for Kids pro bono, right? We, all the work that we do to get the Amigos story out there, we love to do and we do it pro bono. And um, we created during Art Basel last year, a, a, um, an art exhibit that people didn't know what they were going to. It was called, it is called Broken Crayons, right? Right, and, I saw right. that you've done the campaign. Right, and what that is, we partnered with a professor, a PhD, in uh at the university of southern australia and she has dr Elpath, and what she has done is she has done her research on um how you can detect if a child has been abused through classroom drawings okay through how kids color and what they what they what they draw and what they paint when they color and she's done extraordinary amount of research on this so we partnered with her and we were able to get some really um, compelling um, paintings uh, from her that she used, used for her research. And um, all of these paintings uh, can be found. We have an online virtual gallery. It can be found at brokencrayons.us. Brokencrayons.us. And there, um, what, 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 uh, what, um, what we did during Art Basel last year is we set up a, a space, a gallery space, and we start, we walked, we, our team here at Republica Havas walked all around Basel, giving flyers to people saying, come to this art gallery. It's called Broken Crayons. People had no idea what they were going into. I got to show you the video. They had no <laughs> idea what they were going into. And when they got in there, and we had earphone, headphones at each painting. And they heard the story behind the child of that painting. 
and how the child had been abused sexually, molested, physically, emotionally. Uh, another form of abuse is, um, is uh, neglect. And Eva, what my mission, I, what I really want Amigos to grow into is to become a national, maybe even global, but a national leader in this sort of thing in having people realize that a child abuse is is more prevalent than we think right. and that there's ways to to know that there's signs that children show um, and when you look when you when you hear the stories of the child and then you look at each painting i mean you are blown away that yeah i mean you're seeing how dark the child's life must be how unfortunate it must be how marked that child was by my sexual abuse um, so, you know uh, what I think when you don't see something, you don't feel compelled to act. Of course. And, um, I remember that part of my high school was going to one of these organizations that had downtown, close to downtown Miami. And it was seeing the kids that were abused mm -hmm. by cigarette burns. Yeah, and all that. A lot of things. You can't really believe that that happens. I mean, we protect our cars, we protect our dogs, yeah. and uh, we protect <laughs> our clothes. But, you know, the kids are very important because they are the future, and they are the ones that are going to be part of the society. So you're doing all this work is really amazing. Who has influenced your life the most to become the person you are today? My parents. Your parents. Yeah, I would say, and, and both of them, you know, you, you knew my father and, yes. you, and you know my mother. Uh, both of them in different ways, you know. Uh, my dad, may he rest in peace. Um, it was just 14 years that he passed. Uh, he was an extraordinary influence because he, my dad was a, um, was a very um, righteous person, you know, man of integrity. I never, never have heard anything um, negative about my father. I mean, people, just this week, somebody came by here um, that we used to work with my father in banking and, um, you know, he was telling me the same thing. He was George, you know, your father was such a good man. And that's what that's my so dad, nice to hear. Yeah, that, that's what my father left in me is, you know, and I asked myself many times, what would my dad do in this situation? You know, because in business and in life, you're confronted with situations all the time. Right. And I always ask myself, what would my dad do in this, at this moment? And the answer is easy. He'd always do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And he'd always take the right path. And when I veered off the path that I think we all do, because um, we're only human, and my dad in his lifetime had to have veered off the path, right? Of course. I think um, always keeping that kind of that North Star and that compass that, uh, you know what, you know, what would my dad do, I, I think is important to me. And, and my dad was always, he was a serious guy, yet he had an extraordinary sense of humor. He was a prolific writer. Um, he, um, you know, he was just... An incredible guy. He had me later in life, and so I think he was also able to give me his wisdom. Right? He he shared a lot of wisdom with me um, that uh, that I take with me uh, every day. And then my mom. My mom is just as you know, she's um, a joy to be around. She's a happy person. Um, I remember growing up as a kid, she was the one that would always be there for all the older people in the family. Take you know to her aunts and her you know all those people. My dad's aunts, you know people like that that. You know, nobody had, you know, nobody could take them to the doctor or nobody could take them to an appointment. My mother, I remember being a kid, my mom always there for everybody. And, so I, and I think I got that from my mom. My mom is, 
you know, my mom is very selfless in that mm -hmm. regard, you know, and she, you know, my parents both in different ways, you know, had their struggles leaving Cuba and exiling, right? But my mom, I think, you know, she was very marked by that. And it was a very difficult um, change for her, you know, when she got here. And I think that's the way she is. You know, she's very much about, um, you know, just, uh, you know, being there for others and, and um, you know she's 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 been a wonderful mother and 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 a wonderful force you know uh, you know she's um, you know we've always joked at Republica that um, you know she's our vice president of prayer you know? <laughs> pro bono pro bono she's our vice president of prayer because because my mom my mom is a very um, a spiritual person very religious yeah. person she goes to mass every day and she's always praying for all of us. And uh, that's my mom. You and, know, it works. The, and it, and it works. Listen, works. And it works. It works. <laughs> I can only say, looking at, at what you have built and the work that you do with amigos and, you know, the way that everybody sees you in the community, I mean, it really works. I mean, I, I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. So I'm thinking, you know, you, you're this child, you're like five years old. I'm sure that when you were five, you knew what you were going to be doing at 40, knowing how visionary you were at a young age sometimes i've wondered if you're from this planet but yes you are um so do you feel that in in every step that you take I, i've always felt it that you're trying to accomplish something that you haven't done yet and you know that you still have to do or you have to prove something which is it i definitely don't have to prove anything um you know i think that if I ever felt like I had to prove something, those days are gone. You know, I think early on in your career, you feel that. And at this point, I don't, I don't feel like I have to prove anything to anybody. I think that, you know, I, I do the best I can every day and, and you know, and, and hope for the best, you know, all, all the time. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, uh, you know, I, as you know, just yet, you know, just this week, we announced Republica Havas, you know, so it's serendipitous that you're, that you're here today. I'm here know? today, and yeah. it was announced yesterday, and the logo's already done. And, <laughs> the signage uh, is the everywhere. The signage is everywhere, <laughs> and you just can't, you know, you're like, wow, how did this happen? And yeah, so it, it's incredible. Which with, is that, it's with planning, you know, we planned it. You know, we, we planned it, and, and um, you know, yesterday the, the press release was going out at noon, and at 11... 30 this you know the sign company was already finishing you know fi you know redoing all the signage but i think that's part of life right i think that um you know part of reaching goals is is being prepared right and and i think you you have to be prepared and and i think that now i mean to your question you know as we embark on this new journey with havas you know havas is a is a a global uh, company you know we uh, we have um offices in about a hundred countries around the world and you know every continent pretty much and you know as we embark on this journey it's exciting for me because um, I think you know as an independent agency right and as an entrepreneur it's not easy Eva it's blood sweat and tears you know literally and it's a roller coaster you have very big highs and lows and and it's 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 tough, right? And but we did it. We did it for you know in November it'll be 12 years that we started. So we did it for almost 12 years, and we made it through. Um, you know there was times where, you know as I look back, where I didn't know if we were going to make it through. 
you know, we, we launched November of 06. Think about, you know, 08, 09, the, re the Great Recession. The recession. It was yeah, a very and, bad time. It was a very bad time, you know, and, you know, but we were all, but we've always done, I think, um, we've always done, we've, we've been far from perfect, but we've always done things um, to, to make sure that we would come, you know, during that time we did things to make sure that we would come out stronger. But, but you have clients that have stayed with you from the very beginning. Oh my God, yeah. And have been with you from before. And I think that's one of the biggest qualities is when you create those relationships and that credibility and that loyalty and you give good service. You speak in your, you know, the website today, you speak of family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and drinking cafecito <laughs> and I've seen the social media pictures and you always try to create this you know, feeling of community and mm -hmm. we're all together, we're here to work hard. Isn't it wonderful that you started on US1 mm -hmm. uh, thinking, what am I doing, most mm -hmm. probably? That, let me tell you, the happen? first six months when we were in that office, uh -huh. we were in that office, this because we're in the, this is our second office. Our first it's a office, beautiful building. <laughs> no, but this is our second, our first office off US1 and 30, 31st Avenue. I remember my first six months, right, that Luis Casamayor, my business partner, and I joined forces, you know, when we came together and I left Univision. I remember I was thinking to myself, what did I, what have I done? Right. Those first six months, I was actually, I'm not a depressive, I've never really been depressed, but that, those six months I was like, what did I get myself into, right? Because I was coming from Univision, from Univision, where I was an executive, where... And you, you had know, previously, you were at the Barleys, you were with Stefan, right. the Univision, radio, I mean, right. the radio, right. So, I mean, so, right, and, and, and... You know, every two weeks, some way, somehow, my paycheck was in the bank, exactly. right? Yeah, I didn't absolutely. have to worry about that. Yes. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, what did I get myself into, right? Mm -hmm. And and I remember uh, being like, you know, until one day I said, you know what? I have to make this work. You know, this right. is my new reality. Um, I have to make Republica a success. I have to do whatever it takes. And you know what? You said it. People that I had known for years uh, through my work in the community or my work in, in, in business or what have you, they started calling and they started coming through and I started reaching out to them. You know, uh, for example, you know, Adrian Arsht, as you know. Right. You know, I, Adrian has Who been a has dear been friend. Right. She's been amazing right. to well, us. Right. She's been amazing to both of us. I was on the board of her bank, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember when she sold the bank, um, I was on the board pretty much until she sold it. And I remember when she sold the bank and she called me one day and she goes, you know what, you know, I'd like to, to hire Republica to help me because, you know, I'm not going to have a staff anymore. I'm going to need help. <laughs> right. And I'm, you know, and I want to get very much into philanthropy and I want to leave a legacy as a, as a woman in this country um, that gave back and that gave back to things that she believed in. And I want to be, I want to be a transformative philanthropist, right? And God, you know, all these years later, God knows she's been a transformative philanthropist. <laughs> but Adrian early on, you know, Roymi Mambiela, Roymi is our client today. Um, she's with Leon Medical Centers, but, you know, she was our client at, at Baptist Health, you know, and she, she's been our client for many, many years now. And, you know, the Iran family in Sedano Supermarkets, you know, when, when, we, when, when we got interviewed um, by, by them, when we pitched them, they had been pitched by a number of agencies and they weren't, they felt they weren't finding the right fit, right? And uh, when we went in, and they, I remember that part of what we had to do with them for them was media, media planning and buying. 
We didn't have a media department. We created the media department for them. Today, we have a huge media department, right? A huge media team. But the Enram family believed in us. When we started working with the Enram family at Sedanos, they're still a client today. I mean, we were maybe a year old. You know, so they took a risk with us. Yeah, but you know what? I, I am a firm believer more than and more than ever before that when now people go and network and you see all these uh, yeah, the, write-ups right, right, and right. you see all these stories right. and let's network and you see them going into an event and throwing their cards and being aggressive. I think we, I've they never forget. been that way. I've I know, but I think they forget that most of us, the way that we were brought up, the way that we connected was through who we were as people. Right. And I think And with no agendas. With no agendas and right. with a lot of credibility. Right. And the word credibility, the credibility of Amigos for Kids, the credibility of Republica Havas, the, the credibility of Jorge Placencia as a brand in itself, comes from having to make those decisions based on your father's philosophy, which is, I'm going to lose short term, but integrity and credibility pays off. Of course. I don't think that many people are willing to, to take that road. And I, and I see it now because for myself, many people say, oh, you could have more clients, but at the end of the day, to promise them what? Right. And where do you Yeah, because you have to deliver. Yeah, you have to deliver. You have and I'm to still deliver. figuring it out. But, you know, when I see what you have built, I'm like, wow. Me, for example, I mean, projecting myself, I've, I mean, my plan B has been very easy. If everything else fails, you know, I'm going to work at Apple Store and I'm going to be great. You know, I'm going to be, and I already know what job I want. I want the job at the entrance where you greet people and you don't do anything Which else. Apple Brickle City Center? I think it will be the Brickle City Center <laughs> because it's closer to my home. Uh, I like the facilities. It has like You're nice so restaurants and a movie theater you can skate to. <laughs> You're so funny. But I think the job at the Yeah, end, the one at Dayland is too crazy. No, it's too it, crazy. It's too crazy. And, you know, it's too far away. But the one at Brickle City Center has the right lighting. <laughs> But the job, the, the, the person in the entrance. But listen, but I think what, what you're getting at is so important, which is even if you were at the Apple, working at the, or I was working at the Apple, you're still Eva Hughes. Right. And you understand? It, right. Here. And you still have your friends, your family, and the people right. that care about you and vice versa. So I think, I think what it's, and that was I part. I wish people would, but, would but live that's, that but way. That, but that's part of, I think, what. You know, and I, your mom, may she rest in peace, who I got to know, and she was a lovely lady. Uh, but I think that's what we learned, too, from our parents, which is, you know, whatever you're going to do, just do it with dignity. You understand? Right. Just do, do it with It doesn't matter what it is. Exactly. You know, just do it with dignity. And, and then it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off. Some of, the, some of the best life lessons that I've ever gotten was from Fefita, Fefa Herrera, who was, who was the coffee lady at Stefan Enterprises. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the best life lessons I got were from that lady. And to this day, I love Fefine. And I think that's something else that it, which is, you know, connecting with everybody, you know, connecting with everybody. And getting to know people. And getting to know people. Because right? you and I, we right. have been in contact, but right. we don't see each other all the time, but we know that. But the affection is there. The affection is there, is, is knowing who you are as people. Right. And I think that we've missed that nowadays with, you know, social media and these new generations that I think that they have a lot to teach us, but they also have to learn from us. Right. A lot of things right. in, in terms of empathy, of being an entrepreneur, not only for yourself, but for others. Now everybody wants to have a foundation mm -hmm. and do charity work. And I say, how about if you just 
collaborate and of you course. volunteer right. with what already exists. Right. I mean, we don't need we don't need more than that, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I I, I agree. Um, because we're getting older, so <laughs> I'm just letting you. I'm know getting that. older. You're not. It, you yeah. keep insisting that I'm younger. My sister's going to be very happy. But, um, but you know, I think that I encourage people to really see things in a different light than when we're seeing it right now. You know what, Eva, and I agree with you, but I think that comes with, with time. I think it comes sure. with, with maturity. Um, I think uh, social media is 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 there's very there's great pros to social media i see them every day you know right. with our clients and, and with our partners um but i think social media is 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 positive when it's used in the right manner right right and um you know and and unfortunately sometimes it's not and you know and and but you know i i think you know even as we're working with our clients here at Republic of Havas, you know, it's, it's, you know, how do they and their brand want to stand down in social media, right? Because at the end of the day today, even with the brand, the brand takes on a persona because now the brand can, 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 can communicate with the world before that didn't happen, right? Before, if you wanted to communicate with the brand, you had to call an 800 number and you had to, you know, you had to write to somebody there. You had to write to customer service today. You literally can be conversing one-on-one. -on -one. So I think it, and that's wonderful, yet I think that's what affects what you're mm -hmm. talking about because everything is so instant. Mm -hmm. You know, there's instant gratification, right? Right. Now I so, think that people talk like they WhatsApp and it's kind of exasperating. It hey. Is. It is, but, you know, I think, yeah. you know. And, it and, and, it and comes I, with a positive. And again, and again, and that. again, bringing it back to, to this week and what I've experienced because, you know, I've experienced, um, you know, from our clients, uh, from friends, from partners, from from uh, the community, just so much, um, so much uh, love, you know, of congratulating us, but really in a genuine way. In a genuine way. And it's, but you've earned it. Yeah, but it's a reminder that, it's a reminder that there is a lot of good out there and that people have a lot of good in them, right? And I think sometimes with the new cycle today and with everything going on in the world, you know, you kind of lose focus of that a little bit, right? But it's good to get an injection of of that good into you of wow you know and i'm telling you i've been i've been re-energized uh, by the love and affection that i've that i've received in the last few days from That's so many beautiful. friends from clients you know we're very lucky here you know we're lucky that we get to work with you know some of the best as i was saying you know some of the best brands here in south florida like baptist health and you know the team there you know brian keely the ceo and christine kotler and you know everybody there Anna, Regina, everybody there but then you have as I said Sedano's Bank United the um, the Super Bowl committee you know Miami 2020 Super Bowl and right. Rodney and that team and um and then uh you have the national clients that we work with you know, like Walmart and Google Toyota and uh, Universal Telemundo Goya Foods I mean and we've heard from all of them and all of them are just so happy and so proud for us right and you know, we represent the pork board, the pork, uh, you know, the national pork board. I mean, we represent so many different, you know, our clients are in so many different Four Seasons hotels. I mean, we're like all over in regard to the industries. We're but, in a but pharmaceutical. You're, but you're there. In fact, very, what I'm getting at is, and they've all been so, yeah. in Spanish, we'd say cariñosos, cariñosos. affectionate with, with the news this week. And to me, that is the, um, that is the, the result of, you know, these almost 12 years of blood, sweat and tears 
And obviously, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank, you know, our new partners at Havas, you know, right. because now we're part of this greater family, which is Vivendi. Havas is owned by Vivendi. Vivendi owns Universal Music and Canal Plus in France and many other things. But we're part of this bigger family and they've been wonderful in how they've received us. I mean, I'm getting calls and emails and texts from all over. And, and Yannick Bolloré, who's the CEO, he called and, you know, about how proud he is to have us in the family now. And Paul Marabella, the CEO of North America, and Jason Peterson, the chief creative officer and co-chairman. They're both Paul and Jason are co-chairman of North America. All these people have been extraordinarily welcoming to us, right? What am I getting at is that I didn't know what to expect. Right. We went in this, you know, with a lot of, you know, just hoping for the best, but you don't know what to expect when something like this happens, right? And if, you know, if the next years are indicative of what we've just experienced, you know, the last year, as we've been talking to Havas, because it's been a year, and, you know, the last, um, you know, weeks in getting ready for, for this. And again, I just think that's all part of the journey. And yeah. you have to be open to accepting you, it. You were a visionary because when you created Amigos, it's friends. Right. And what you have created is a, is a circle and a cluster of friends that have become clients or clients that have become friends. I think Amigos mm -hmm. is, the, is the real purpose in your life because you're a very good friend. And I think that people appreciate that. Tell me something that you're not good at, please. Just tell me a Something that nobody knows. Cooking. Great. I'm so happy. I, I love, Finally. I, I love grilling. <laughs> I love grilling. But man, when I've been in the kitchen and tried to cook something up, I'm terrible. I'm so, yeah, I'm me so, too. I'm I so confess. bad. I, I just, you know, like I've gone to like dinner parties at, at Ingrid Hoffman's home, for example, <laughs> and I see how she does it. Right. And I see how she does it as a chef. And I'm like, how do you do this? And she does it with so much like, like if she was just like talking to you. Right. right. And I can go to so the same thing. And I'm like, how do you guys do this? Right. right. Because. I just and I make a mess. So I would say cooking is definitely one that that I'm not I'm not good at. I do enjoy grilling, you know, like summer, you know, like a barbecue. Um, I do enjoy that, um, but um, but cooking is definitely one one thing I'm I'm not very good at. Um, so there you have it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you've been great for the Hispanic community. You've been great with amigos for kids, a good friend. All these exciting news with the company that I'm sure are going to give back to the work you do for the kids. Oh yeah, you none know, of that's going to change. Our commitment to the community, to Miami, um, you know what we do for the community. Right. So if somebody has, uh, yeah, you know, a young daughter or son that they want to volunteer during the summer sure. of school, the number is three oh five two seven nine. 11.55 and I love it because you like to become an amigo I mean I just love that word for all that represents so I have a plan my plan is that I'm going to start working on a retirement home where we're all you know a few of us are going to be living together that sounds like a blast yes I sounds know sounds like a blast and I think that we're going to have to do it through membership or Perfect. something so it'll be like a Soho house yes. but for uh... and maybe and maybe this is a project that we could do with uh, the new state of Republica Havas and, <laughs> and benefiting the Amigos for Kids Foundation love it and love I, it. I think that's the way to do it love it Jorge you're an inspiration to oh, everybody who's talking you know, Look who's talking. So, uh, Congratulations I mean, on an incredible profile on you and Indulge. Well, it's fantastic. You. Very you know, well deserved. Talk about friendships. Yeah. Uh, you know that when I left Condé Nast, I was very pessimistic. I had a very pessimistic outlook. I thought that 
people were just naturally they were not going to be there. I mean, many people I knew from business because they, you know, it's it's the law of the land, and you know, God has a way of showing you otherwise and teaching you lessons. And on the contrary, people have been very nice and have been really welcoming. And I've, you know, I received messages you all earned the time. It. Well, you earned you. it. You earned it. But like you were saying, how many years were you in Mexico City? Six years. You but were they there. Feel like thirty. Well, but you were there six years, yeah. and your legacy lived on. Yeah, you here. know, you know what's, and I lived here in Miami. That's because what I'm saying. People uh, are really great, and I think for all the fame that Miami has. Um, I wish that a lot of people that are not from Miami, and you were born in Miami, sure. so you're like a rare creature, uh-huh. um, would get to see the Miami that we that see we know. and that we, know. that we know. And it's about community. Right. And yes, it's the partying, but right. it's about community. Friendship. It's about this friendship. It's about, you know, I remember back then I was used to joke that we were just the Americans, the Jewish community, some Latin Americans, you know, the Hispanics in general. Uh, Julio Iglesias and Rafael, mm. and then the rest of us. That's true. And you know the homeless right. and right. and the you know right. the elderly. Right. But back then, we were all a community. Mm-hmm. And I hope that as we grow, we don't forget that and that people contribute, and that we have that that feeling of el pueblo, like the <laughs> small yeah, town. I, I think that we you know I always say Miami is a big city but a small town. Yeah. And I hope we never lose that, right? Because I right. think that's what makes it special. It makes it sometimes difficult, but it's what <laughs> makes it special and what makes it unique. And um, and it really is, you know, it really is a great place. And I I always finish the podcast saying, you know, that everything, you can do anything you want. Si se puede, you know, mm-hmm. which is very basic. Yes. I always ask the guest what is for them, that yes, you can. But in a way, you embody it for a lot of people. But you do. And I think that it's it's really wonderful to see somebody's career in such an impeccable manner and giving back. So let's hope that the success continues. Thank and you. I appreciate Let's that. start working on that retirement home. Ah. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you. And thank it's you, been Jorge. great to have you here and know that uh, this is your home here at, at Republica Havas. Thank, thank you. Thank you.